this Survivor? Bro, are you listening to Survivor? Guys, I think this is Survivor. Dude, you must really like Survivor. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Survivor Buffs, Blindsides and Banter Podcast. This is the podcast made by superfans with superfans for superfans. I'm your host, Buckles. And before I introduce my partner in crime, I just wanted to congratulate him. Welcome to Survivor Buffs, Blindsides and Banter's 50th podcast. Yeah, we made it, mate. Oh, wow. Matt, how are you doing? How are you doing? I had no idea we'd reached the milestone. Um, yeah. <laughs> just like the one-year anniversary only a couple of weeks ago, you're, you're full of the milestones and I have no idea what's going on. I'm like the man <laughs> in the relationship and I guess you're the woman who just remembers all Wait. these dates, all these things that are happening and I have no present for you again. Uh, <laughs> oh, I apologize. Come, come on. Come on, mate. Like, what is this? <laughs> I wish you'd give me yeah, some no. notes. <laughs> no, I can't. I can't. I got to surprise you. I got to surprise my hubby. Wow, my, my podcast hubby. <laughs> You've embarrassed me. Is what it is. I, I wish I was prepared for this moment. What a momentous <laughs> occasion! This fiftieth podcast. Uh, yeah, a year on, a bit over a year on, and yeah, f- our fifth season of Survivor we're covering, and yeah, fifty podcasts. Well Holy done. Holy shit! Well fifth done. Season. Fuck. Well done. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Well, to be fair, you've missed probably like. At least 25% of those. So you're not even near 50 <laughs> really? <laughs> I've carried the flag a few times for us. <laughs> I, I, look, look, I definitely think I've missed maybe four, but... I've um, been a few, mate. But this is, yeah, this is, this is, this is, we're in this together, mate. So I'm part of this just as much as you. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> anyway, how, no, how did we um, go, mate? What's, mate? I heard you were at the viewing party mate, on uh, in Sydney on Tuesday night. How, how did that all go? Mate, it was amazing the... Uh, just the, oh, the atmosphere there was so great. Everyone was just so into Survivor. We had such big names, some that I can mention, some that I can't mention. But Johnny Fairplay, the man, the myth, the legend, the villain. Whoa, like he is, he really is a lot of fun. A lot more down to earth than I thought he'd be. Not as up himself as I thought he'd be. I don't know if I should be saying that on the podcast. Because um, that's, that's sort of right. the persona that that's the persona that he's put on. Yeah, he, he was he was absolutely great. George was there. Shannon Gus, I got to meet Shannon Gus's brother. I've been a big fan of him and them for a long time. So that was a huge momentous occasion for me. I had uh, like, I, I, what can I say? Like yeah, me and Michelle, we went around. Yeah, me and Michelle, uh, we walked around and talked to. Everyone, I was Waze first. She signed my poster first, so she was my first. Oh, wow. And um, I was her first, so, yeah, that was a nice, cute moment for us. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was great. It was great. I couldn't couldn't have asked for a better time. Got some interviews in. Um, the uh, Johnny Fairplay ones on TikTok as we speak, and I got a few other super fan interviews that I'm sure will be coming out over the next few days. Well, it's exciting. I'm looking forward to that because I obviously wasn't there. Uh, shame I couldn't uh, get there for this one. I was a little bit under the weather. But uh, yeah, for anyone that hasn't been to one of these live viewing uh, viewing parties, they're a lot of fun. It's always like going to like a to watch like a footy match or something live, where the crowd is riding every emotion of the players during the episode. It's a lot of fun. So I recommend next time they do one in Sydney, probably for the finale. Maybe they'll do a mid season one. Get onto it because it is a lot of fun. And I look forward to seeing all the the content you made there. I saw you with the interview with Johnny Fairplay, and that was a bit of fun. You might have caught him 
a bit late in the night. It looked like he was a bit underprepared. <laughs> Maybe he had a few beers under his belt, but um, yeah, yeah. I was buying him beers. He was drinking VB with me, so oh, like, come on, yeah, give him he, the very he best enjoyed the VBs. Yeah, <laughs> give him the very best we got. So talking about VB, I got one in my hand. How about you? I actually do as well. It's a, <laughs> not planned, but we're drinking the same thing. But that's cool. But um, yeah, let's get into this week of uh, Survivor. Yeah. What a great, another great week we've just had. Like. I don't know if I can speak highly enough of this cast. Like, in the preseason, we, we thought the cast might deliver. And honestly, they are delivering on all fronts. I love this cast. I think it's one of the best casts we've ever seen in Australian Survivor. And there's so many different players I'm rooting for for many different reasons. And um, such a, like a variety of gameplay, which I'm really loving. And, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to talk about it for this week. Yeah, I, look, I can't wait to talk about it. Um, I... I'm seeing a lot of overplaying, um, unfortunately, <laughs> in my mind. Um, so I'm not. I haven't. I haven't thrown my rat hat in the ring saying this is going to be the best season ever or anything like that. I think um, the heroes versus villains, George, the king of Bankstown, Itis, is running rapid through these players' veins. Um, it's there's definitely a lot more going on than probably needs to, but we are going to dive deep into that. We're going to discuss that, I'm sure. But let's be serious. This week wasn't really Titans versus Rebels. This was Rebels and Mark. We didn't really see anything else going on, did we? <laughs> yeah, Titans a bit. Uh, I guess they didn't have a whole lot to do with the storyline this week, except for Mark and his, you know, breaking the box open and all that, which we'll get into, I'm sure, because you know, to me, that you can't do. We got to get into it. We got to get into that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's all about the rebels. In particular, um, Faras has his breakout week, the star of the show. Uh, people are comparing him to King George, and he's like a, a try-hard King George. I don't see it that way. I think they're very different players, very different characters. And although they're both, you know, got the same sort of heritage, I guess, uh, in, in the sort of wog sort of looking people, they're very different people. Um, I'm loving Faraz. I think the way he talks is very considered. He's got this really slow way of talking, but you know that every word he says means something. And that's what I really like about him. He doesn't sort of speak out of turn like a sort of George did. I think George is a bit more yeah. erratic in ways, but I'm loving Faraz. What do you think? Your winner pick. Yeah. Oh, he's Ferris. Ferris, well. mate. Ferris. Oh, sorry, Ferris. Ferris. Ferris is a fucking legend. Like, holy fuck. I am loving every second he's on our screen. He he is such good... A, a good way of talking and a, a good sort of sense of humour about everything, which is great. And he's devious. He's uh, thoughtful. You can very much tell that he's planning what he says, I think. Um, and that's where he's, he's just processing in his head before it comes out of his mouth. I think it's a great way to play Survivor. Um, his uh, tribal council appearances are entertaining as fuck. Maybe, maybe letting it too much. Maybe, maybe giving away a little bit too much. But other than that, I am loving every second that he's on our TV, and I think it really is Ferris versus Kirby. Like that is that is the story. I think that's where we will probably spend a lot of our time this evening. Yeah, it's it's funny because that's that's the way that obviously uh, the Survivor production is hyping it up. All the ads, you know, of, of um, Ferris and Kirby, and look, we sort of did see that in the the second episode of the week. But I, I'm not I'm, I'm not as convinced. Like, yeah, Kirby was sort of targeting um, Ferris, and then he sort of retaliates with the plan on Rihanna or Riri. Um, yeah. But yeah. I don't think it's in either of their best interests to go against each other. I do think, like, we see them sitting in the water, I think, on the first episode of the week. And, and um, Ferris is like, oh, you're 
the only other smart person here. We should team up. We could literally dominate. And honestly, with this Rebels tribe, these they two could. are far and away the best players on the team. If they if they joint forces, they could be unstoppable. Yeah. Look, I, I think um, we've got Scott and Eileen there in the middle that I think are also very, very smart players and just playing a very different game to these two. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Ferris and Kirby, they are... They're definitely a match. I If this war is a war, I hope this war lasts to the last week of the show. Like, how cool would that be? <laughs> These two just going at each other's throats to the last week of the show. Obviously, I don't know if we're going to get that lucky. Someone has to win eventually. Um, I hope it's Ferris. But I love Kirby. Kirby is awesome. She's diabolical in her strategy. It's crazy. Um, she is so smart. And they both know each other is so smart. And the truth is, she's playing a very selfish game, I feel. Whereas Ferris is a bit more sort of in a team setting, like with Raymond and Garrick. Whereas Kirby, I think she's got people, but she's definitely only focusing on herself and what's the smartest move for herself. Um... Which is it's just it's just a little bit different, but I just want to say anyone who disagreed with me last week about her overplaying, uh, I like the move where she organised the blind side of Peter, but then voted with Peter's alliance. Hmm. I'm here to tell you, like maybe you were that right. First vote, that first vote, it's a huge one for trust, and you need that. You need that under your belt. If she went and told Ferris and, or told, and told Garrick, I think she gets out of this scot-free. These two come into this week, best of friends. But this had an effect. This, this, this just, it ruined things for her on so many levels. Like it, it, it starts with, if Kirby doesn't do this to Ferris, Ferris goes into the Tobias tribal, not worried, not having to play his idol. They both have, uh, then he's got an idol that they can work with that he probably would have told her about. Okay. Alex might not have told Ferris that Kirby's after him because he wasn't hurt that she wasn't with him originally, even though he thought she was. How do you feel about Alex telling Ferris Kirby's plan? Yeah, that... That was an interesting moment. Um, yeah, I think the way that Alex sort of approaches it and tells him, it, it to me, if I was Ferris, I'm, I'm hearing this guy out who's sort of on the bottom of the tribe now, and it's almost, he says it in a way that's not believable. He's just sort of standing there casually. He's like, they're talking about this, and the target is you. And it's like, that's so easy to say at any point in the game. And it's like, well, how can I believe him? And although it was true, I just didn't, I wasn't fully confident that um, that was the case. And this was at the tribal that Kelly got swapped over. So ultimately, yeah. uh, we don't know what the outcome would have been. It did seem like the numbers could have been on on, on Riri, um, which is another whole thing in itself. Why not target Kirby? Why, why target Riri? Uh, I don't get well, that. Well, so, uh, we, we definitely, we definitely we'll want to get into that. But I we think definitely want back, to get into that. Going back to last week with Kirby's whole, um, you know, voting on the, on the wrong side on purpose, I think... I'm not sure if it sunk a game too badly because in that first tribal council back, they did a split vote on um, Tobias and Alex and it all works out well. Garrick is obviously unhappy and he approaches her and says, hey, I wish you told me, like, I thought we were really close. But I think that's a relationship you can mend. Um, 
Yeah. However, I think Garrick's the one that she might have lost throughout this. And he's sort of... We've seen this sort of old man archetype throughout Survivor history, most notably in Australian Survivor with like a Tarzan or like a Jerry, who are super loyal to the people who, are, who give them the truth and, and stick with them. And I think what Kirby might have had with Garrick is now gone, and Garrick has that with uh, Ferris now. So I think Ferris has sort of picked up that number in Garrick, taken off Kirby's side, and sort of... Garrick looks like Ferris's right-hand man to me. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Uh, but I think it's interesting that we didn't really see uh, a Kirby and Garrick conversation later on. I think when, when Garrick approaches Kirby, Kelly's sitting right next to her, so she can't really talk about it because she voted for Kelly. Um, I would have loved to have seen a, like a, just a one-on-one with those two you know, in, the, in the jungle somewhere, but we don't get that. So to me that says maybe they never rekindled that, never really made up. So I think uh, uh, in Garrick's eyes, Kirby might be dead to him. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I, that's that's the impression that I got. I think uh, once you sort of stuff it with Garrick, you're done. There's there's no coming back. Once you've broken trust, you're done. And that, I think, is the issue that I have with Kirby's move. Is she, before trust was even a thing, was even cemented, she broke it. And it could have been as simple as a small conversation, which I'm knowing Ferris... He would have been completely happy with. He would have been like, "Ha ha ha! That's perfect." Then we'll know exactly what they're planning next time. Yeah. So that's 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 my issue with her move. Um, I just want to just get back quickly with the Alex thing. I think this proves that Ferris uh, Ferris's social game is so good that he's left the door just that little bit open for Alex. He hasn't been happy with Alex. He's actually wanted to get Alex out. But he's left the door open. He's kept the conversation going between the two. And that's why he could trust that what Alex said was right. Yeah, it's actually crazy because, I mean, Alex voted for him in the previous tribal council. And this is what we talk about when we talk about elite social games and being insulated by numbers. Um, Ferris is at a point where he has his sort of like two allies in Raymond and Garrick. And then outside of that, he's sort of got Eileen, Scotty and maybe Alex now. So he's getting yeah. that information. So anyone that's coming for him has to go through so many people to get these numbers. And this is what great players do. They insulate themselves to almost become untouchable. And obviously with his two idols as well that he finds in this week, um, yeah. it's just, it's just you, you almost won't be able to get him out for a long time now. Like he's got people all around him. He's got idols. He's got power. And even when he doesn't have an idol, um, you might think he has because he's got he his reputation that he's got another idol. He plants the seed with Alex later on, uh, which I'm sure we'll get to with his idol plays about, you know, he tells one person and it spreads. And that's what you want. You want you want uh, uncertainty around if you have an idol or not because that means you might just be implicitly immune. Exactly, exactly. Um, so th- this is great. And uh, and leading into this, I want to lead into the Ferris blindside and Kirby's plan. Like, it's sensible, isn't it? It's sensible. Her plan's sensible. I think, um, I think we heard that. It's sensible. <laughs> it's I don't think it's sensible. Kirby, Kirby, I think you're very, very smart. I don't think it's sensible. Now, the reason I don't think it's sensible was who you were talking to. So, Scott and Alex. Fer- Ferris is a part of their games. Okay? Ferris is really a part of their games. Obviously, Alex ends up going and telling Ferris. Scott is obviously aligned with Ferris at this point of the conversation. Yes, Ferris is a huge threat. Okay, but you don't go telling there are his alliances or people that need him around as a shield, etc., for their games. You don't go telling them to vote them out. You ask to do 
what Ferris did in retaliation. You go for the lackey. You depower the person because it makes it a little bit easier for them to become workable. Scott, Ferris was definitely, in that moment, still a part of Scott's game. Scott was had voted with him twice now. He was definitely a part of Scott's game. Scott now had to go back, and I believe in the third episode, we saw Scott's weighed up the options between Kirby and Ferris, and he's, he's steering towards Kirby. But at that moment, he didn't have a side to pick there. So that was always going to be a hard call for him to completely flip over and vote out his friend Ferris. Aileen, yeah. uh, Aileen, similar, exact same thing. And it turns out Alex, Alex is on the bottom. He just needs someone and he can't trust you because you just fucked him over in the last vote. Yeah, yeah, I can see what you're saying. <laughs> in some ways I agree, in other ways I don't. And this is this is the reason. I when, when they come to Kirby with a plan to get Kelly out, she says, that's a dumb idea. We can sort of get her whenever we want. And I do agree with that. And I do yeah, sort of I agree, agree with that as well, yeah. Yeah. And then I sort of agree with sort of going for like the big threat in the game in the tribe that's not you. So if you're Kirby, the next big threat is Ferris. Can we agree on that? Yeah, I can agree on that. Okay. Well and truly. So I think that's not a bad idea. What I don't agree with is when the other side, Ferris's side, say Kirby's after us, instead of going for Kirby, they go for for Rihanna. And I don't get that. That's why it, this whole weakening of a player by voting out their ally, I don't understand that. Why not? You know how you weaken someone? I by can, kicking him out of the game. I can explain that completely. And I've, I, I sort of thought I already did. I'm surprised you don't understand. Okay, if Ferris goes to Scott and Eileen saying, let's vote out Kirby, the same thing happens. The same reason that Ferris might have won this vote. And that's because Kirby's part of their game. She's a shield for them. Mm. Them losing Rihanna is not an issue. That's an option for them. That's actually probably a more satisfying option for them than losing Ferris. They're losing... You've got When you've got two big cheeses at war, you yeah. let them keep warring, you knock off the little lackeys and you become their two ICs or you break them up later at, at, at a time of your choosing. You don't have... You don't take one of your two big shields out this early in the game. Yeah, but what you're saying, it, it's making sense. Um, I, I just saw it... From Kirby's point of view, I did think getting Ferris was the right idea. Um, and, and from Ferris's side, I thought getting Rihanna was the wrong idea. But that, that was what I thought. But yeah, what you're well, saying yeah. is, is, is it makes sense. Well, us disagreeing, that, that's, um, that's normal. <laughs> no surprise. That's normal. Because yeah. I, I, I think Ferris had the right idea and Kirby had the wrong idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay. There you go. We're exactly, exactly opposite here, mate. Okay. Uh, but it was sensible if you haven't heard. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's sensible. Um, uh, something else that is sensible. <laughs> what do you, how do you think everyone handled the twist, the saboteur twist? Well, can we talk about the twist itself before we talk about what? Like, what do you think of this as a non-elimination? I, I, when he when he said, it, "Oh yeah, we're gonna have a sabot- the saboteur," I'm like, "Oh, this is cool." You know, I was always a fan of the mole, the TV show. I thought this would be great. Like, yeah, if someone yeah. in the challenge is actively trying to sabotage. And then I did the numbers, and I thought, "Hang on." Yeah. They're two players up. Kelly's just going to sit out. And, and that's exactly what happened. And so I think this was uh, maybe production hadn't thought this out very well to have in that, in that third episode of the week, they have uh, th- like five players sitting out one of the challenges, the, the reward challenge where they have to, the back-to-back one where they do the endurance. I think, no, yeah. I think it was three, three Titans and one Rebel. And then they have yeah. Kelly, the, sabotage, the, the saboteur, sitting out of the immunity challenge. I just thought 
maybe they did this at the wrong time. They hadn't got their numbers right. What, what, are, you, what are your thoughts? Uh, look, I don't completely hate this um, twist. Obviously, it's one of three eliminate, non-eliminations that we have to go through. So there's definitely been worse ones. There's definitely been worse ones. And I'm actually glad that not a lot actually happened. Like it didn't really change anything. Yeah. In the scheme of in the scheme of the game, it didn't change it. It didn't change the Titans' vote. Um, other than it might have saved a Ferris or a Rhiannon. Yeah. Um, that's that's sort of the only thing that might have been affected, and that sort of prolongs this possible war, which is pretty cool for me. So I do like that sort of side of things. Uh, Kelly obviously going over. Who was this good for? This. Oh, was good for Kirby. This good. was good for Scott. It's good for Kelly. And it's good for Kelly. Yeah. This is great it's for good. Kelly. She gets... It, it is. It is. Okay. So Kelly now survives two tribal councils. She's immune at the one she gets voted over. She's now definitely immune regardless of the result of the immunity challenge. She will not go to tribal, the next tribal council. Exactly. It's great. So it's, it's great. great for her. She then builds bonds on the Titans, which apparently she did pretty well. They all seem to like her. I listened to an exit interview with Nathan. And he said, I love Kelly. She was great. Um... So this is perfect for her. To get that, to get that pre-swap um, uh, social bonds is really important because when the swap comes next week, the one person that all the Titans know already is Kelly. So, And I thought she played it well. She didn't sabotage the challenge. She sat out and said, this is my job. Like, if, I, if we win, whatever. If we lose, whatever. I'm not sabotaging. So she did everything perfect. I thought she played it really well. Um, points, points to Kelly for that. Yeah. And, and the truth is, because of the persona that she's got at the Rebels they are probably not going to hate her anymore or any less. Um, no. Seriously, I don't think I don't think they're <laughs> going to... Like, she's just going to be the same thorn in their side that she's been for the last how many, however many days. So I don't think this affects her placing in the Rebels at all. They still need her as a number if they, say, didn't swap, which we obviously know that it's going into a swap. I also want to say this was a good move for Ferris. Um, Kelly going over to the Titans, say... The Rebels did go back to Tribal Council. Kirby's down a number that she's got. So, Ferris, like, sending Kelly is a great thing for a great thing for him as well. It was pretty much a good thing for everyone in the tribe to a certain extent. Sending Ferris over there would have been dumb uh, because he already has a lot of power. He's got quite a bit of influence at the Rebels. Sending him to the Titans to then do the same thing over there would be stupid. It was like the Henry move when Henry switched over. Yeah, when Henry mutinied in 2017, he had a confident, he was confident that he was happy in his tribe. Obviously, he wasn't because his best mate gets voted out next tribal, but um, he switches over to the other one to start forming relationships in preparation for merge and other swaps coming up. So, I, like, sending Ferris would have been a dumb idea for everyone, but probably Ferris. Well, that's At the same the time... Yeah, that, that's the thing. I think he should have pushed harder for himself to go. Because okay, if he so wanted to go, he should have. He should have. He should have just said, "Yes, I want to go." But the, he the, didn't actually say, "Yes, I want to go." The selling point is, "Hey guys, I have the key to their box. I'm going to steal their idol and bring it back to our tribe. That way, the Titans have no idol. We have the idols. Like this is for my tribe. I'm doing this. This is not for my personal game. I'm doing this for us. So we know they have no idol. That's how you sell it. And he just it didn't really say anything. And it was like, what? Like, what he should have said is, Kelly's going to go there and sit out the challenge because the numbers are whatever they are. So that's obvious. Yeah. She's not going to have to. She's not going to sabotage anyone. I'm going to go there and take the idol and come back to our team and do it for us. And he just sort of yeah. needed to stand up and say, "Hey, p- pick me. I'm going." 
Exactly. And that that was his issue. I, I see good things happening with him going. I see good things happening with Kelly going for him. Probably better for him if he went. But this, this it was still a good thing, Kelly going. The issue that I had with the tribal was that he didn't make a decision. He was sort of umming and ahhing, dancing around the idea in front of everyone. And this is actually why I'm a little bit worried. That might have been where Scott flipped over to the Kirby side completely. Because this not being able to make a decision, sort of dancing around the truth. Obviously, we're watching an edited product. I don't know exactly what happened. But I genuinely believe Scott's now with Kirby's side. And Ferris might be down the numbers if, say, the Rebels were to go back to Tribal Council. It, it's hard to know because we don't get a lot from Scott. And um, I, actually th- I actually thought Scott had a really good episode in episode five. He did, he did, um, yeah. He may, he may feature later on. Uh, I won't know spoilers. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's hard to know because they didn't vote properly that Tribal. And then in the third episode of the week, it was all Titans. So it's hard to know. But And then with Swap coming up, he sort of, I guess, if we're talking through Scott's eyes, without doing anything, he keeps options open for him coming into a swap now. He's still aligned with everybody rather than just Ferris or Kirby. He's now had both of them. So wherever he's swapped, he looks like he's in a pretty good spot. Definitely, definitely. He's, he's, he's got good alliances. And if, say, the Rebels were to go back to tribal, him and Eileen are the swing votes. They literally choose who goes home. So mm. that would have been... They, he put himself in a very, very good position. I have a feeling we're both thinking the same thing later oh, in the episode. Surely not. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, mate. I, I've got it written here. Just so let me confirm. Wow. Who would have thought? Uh, yep, yep. He features, he features in mine as well. Ah, <laughs> oh, great minds think alike. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, all right, let's, let's, let's dip into Kelly a little bit more. Um, now, Kelly has copped a lot of shit online. She really has. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a real shame because I want to say her casting is awesome. Like, she is such great casting, so much energy, entertaining, that love-hate, do I love her, do I hate her? Is she annoying or is she fun? Like, she dan- she plays with that line like a motherfucker, don't she? How could you be annoyed? Like, I, I guess she's a little bit... Maybe irritating, but like at least she has a personality. I, I enjoy seeing exactly. characters on my TV screen, and, and if someone's dull and boring, like you know, there's some players in the game, and we won't name them. Who are still would you prefer? Like, would you prefer to see Tobias? Exactly, <laughs> like, Tobias still coming. At least <laughs> Kelly's. At least Kelly's bringing something. And you know what? She had a few good moments this week in terms of gameplay. I thought the decision in the Tobias vote was fantastic. I thought the whole way she handled the the swap or the sabotage thing was great. Kelly's a good player, and you know what? I think we're being set up for this. This Kelly's always on the bottom sort of thing. She might be going right to the end because you know what? Come merch time, I'm taking. I want to be taking her to the end because who's going to vote for her? So I think exactly. she's safe for a while here. Yeah, I think I think her making it to swap might have concreted her in for the end game. This we could be seeing a lot more Kelly guys. Yeah, so get, used to it. get on get on board. Get start enjoying her. She's funny because yeah, I I think she's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I. Don't get me wrong. Look, I've definitely got some issues with the game and with the gameplay. Um, she's obviously very accomplished in real life. I, I genuinely believe that. I don't think you get the confidence that she has without being. Um, but she can, and she definitely isn't worried about what people think of her. She isn't. She she seems to like this, but fuck, she can blow some stuff up, like catching 
Ferris with the Titan key and screaming to everyone, hey, we found something, we found something, instead of, ha-ha, let's make an alliance out of this or let's keep it a secret, yeah. was probably not something I would have done personally. Uh, Kelly going a bit rogue and voting off to bias. I don't completely hate it, but I disagree with how she sort of handled it afterwards. Well, let's let's talk <laughs> about that, because I think that's an important move of the week. Do you want to go to that to Yeah, it's a, very, it's a very, yeah, fuck yeah, let's get into it. See, what I have an issue with is we have this majority who want to split a vote, and that's fine. That's a perfect way to play Survivor. If there's an idol, we'll split the vote on um, Alex and Tobias. And then on the reboot, we'll vote exactly the same way, and that way Sarah can decide who goes home. What the hell is this strategy? Since when do you let someone in the minority choose who goes home? You're the majority. You pick who you want. It's like the Natalie Anderson, isn't it? It's the Natalie Anderson. Um no, so I don't, I don't like this at all. This was again. I talked at the start of the episode. The one thing that's niggling at me about this season: the casting's amazing, the um, gameplay so far has been top notch, but it's been so top notch to the point that they're overdoing it. They're making, they're they're pushing this TV product like crazy to the point that it's affected Kirby's game already. This one didn't come back to affect anyone's game, but it's still not a very nice thing to do. Manipulating someone to this extent on the fourth vote out? Like, fair enough, later in the game when you're really trying to shake someone up, make them choose between their two closest allies and shake them to their core, make them pretty much a mess for the rest of the game. I understand that further in the game. But on, like, day 11 or whatever it was... It's just, it, that's not nice. That's that's cutthroat. That's too far, I think. I don't even think it's in terms of, you're, you're talking about, are they, is it too hard on Sarah? I'm talking about... Yeah, fuck it, it. No, I think this is just dumb from the majority. You have the numbers to decide who you want to go home. You should have an opinion on that, one way or another, whether Alex is a better social player, whether you can get on with him, whether Tobias is better for the, the tribe challenges or the camp life. You need to have an opinion. You can't let someone on the bottom decide who goes home because you know who they're going to decide? The person they're closest with, which is bad for everyone else. So why would you want yeah. that person to make the decision? You have seven people. You should make the call. I don't. I have. I don't get why they thought. Oh, we'll just let her decide. And I thought what Kelly did was perfect. She had an opinion and she made it happen. And I thought voting for Tobias showed me that Kelly is aware what's happening in this game. She is aware how to play it, and I, I, I gave her a lot of credit for that. In terms of like, I want to do what I want to do, and there's no there's no real backlash from it because, like, who can blame her? She, she, was, yeah. she was the smartest person there, in my eyes. Yeah, definitely. Look, I, I completely agree. Doing this move, the 4-4 split with them with three, it leaves anyone can flip it any which way they want to, and Kelly did it. Kelly took advantage. She chose what she thought was best for her game. It turns out it, probably, it might not have been, but she chose <laughs> what she thought was best for her game. She really took advantage of that. And that's sort of what I'm saying is them them planning to do the exact same vote on the revote, it's overplaying. It's stupid. It Dumb. does not make sense. When they they should have like it Ferris could have just flipped over to Alex on the revote and got out Alex. Because it was the girls on Alex, guys on Tobias. It, you'd leave yourself open for anyone to pick and choose. They did. Kelly chose. You guys live with the consequences. Yeah. Alex I- is in the game instead of boring Tobias that wasn't playing. Look, 
from what we saw, if it went to a revote, um, Ferris was telling Garrick, yeah, we have to get Alex out. So that he was already thinking the same thing, but I guess uh, Kelly just did it before the Kelly. revote, which is dangerous, but really it was only going to be a 3-3 tie if Tobias had an idol. So I think she made the right call. Why I liked it is Alex and, and Kelly have been fighting openly, really, at every tribal council. So the, what, what she said in her voting conventional was, I think I can work with Alex more. So I was like, if yeah. she goes to Alex and says, hey, no one would expect that we're working together. I've kept you safe. Let's build this together. Like, that's not a bad strategy. Like, who would ever think that they're going to be on the same side? Exactly. It's awesome. That's awesome. It's great. I think that, I thought, I thought it was great. It definitely leaves possibilities. Obviously, later in the week, it didn't work out. Who knows? We've got a swap coming. They could be the only two people with each other. So we don't know what's sort of going on there. Okay, did we want to? Did we want to talk about Tobias a little bit and just about how he played on his way out? Like we didn't see much of him, but well, of course play. we started. Yeah, of course we started seeing a little bit of him after the immunity challenge. That pretty much guaranteed he was going home. Um, Kelly's trying to have a chat with him, but he's more than happy just organising the fire and cooking dinner. Uh, this but- becomes a precursor for Kelly feeling like she can't work with him. Uh, Tobias thought he was safe because he was good at challenges and liked and being liked around camp, yet he was aiming at Ferris. But Buckles, he was, was likable. Yeah. He was likable. Yeah. So why would they vote him out? He's likable. But but he, he's aiming at Ferris, so can't he see the pattern there? If they're not scared to vote their biggest dude in their tribe out, what stops the other side from voting the second biggest dude in the tribe out? That's, that's a good point. I hadn't, hadn't really thought about that. But I think from what I've heard in his exit interview, he was shocked that he went home. And it's like, you literally lost the first vote. Peter went home. This is the second vote. Um, you're, I mean, yeah. seemingly on the bottom, if someone in your alliance went home first, why it stands to reason that you might be next out. And despite how likable you are, how good you are at challenges, how much you help around the camp, um, he was just unaware, I think. And he just didn't want to strategize and scramble like everyone else was and... I guess he he paid the price for being a bit too complacent. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, mate. If you thought about it a bit more, if you're going for the biggest guy, chances are they're more than happy going for the second biggest guy. So um, that's a bit of a shame. So RIP Tobias, um, I don't know you at all. But <laughs> Well, you, yeah. you'll apologize him later on. We can chat about him a bit. We'll, we'll, we'll apologize him later on. Um Okay, I don't know if, if this is again too meta, but should Kirby have gone with the Cuddle Crew and gone for Ferris? Because she she pretty much declared war with him in the first one. Oh, not declared war, but she went against him in the first one. She knows that they know that she went against him. And maybe she could have had an alliance and kept it with the Cuddle Crew. Yeah, the thing is, I think if you just go on the Cuddle Crew side, it's only... The three of them. Whereas if you go with Ferris' side, there was everyone else. So I just think safety in numbers at this point of the game is is important. I think there's a lot of floaters, like we said, with Eileen and Scott, who are sort of your numbers. She might have Kelly. She might have, you know, she has Rihanna. So she has a little alliance and she has these floaters. So I, I think if you cut them all off and go with the cuddle crew, I think that's a bad idea at this point. Yeah. No, no that's fair. I like I like that. Yeah. Um, oh, just wait. Sorry, can we just jump back for a quick second? Um, the fucking voiceover when Kelly's walking up to the voting booth from Eileen. Oh, <laughs> the voiceover. 
or just vote for Alex both times. <laughs> Editing magic. And you knew she wasn't going to, and that's the thing. It's like whether she forgot yeah. or not, we weren't sure until we saw the voting confessional, but um, you just knew that it was going to be Kelly. <laughs> but, yeah, great move, great move, like I said. <laughs> All right, mate. Okay, so we've talked about the good stuff from Kelly or some of the good stuff from Kelly this week. Um, unfortunately, we do have to talk about a little bit of the bad stuff and maybe the stuff that – well, the stuff she didn't get right, okay? And obviously, again, this is an edited product. We're not exactly sure what happened. But it seemed to me like when Sarah's there crying because Tobias is out, maybe give us some space if you're the reason Tobias is out. Um <laughs> She did not understand what you were trying to say. I don't think anyone understood what you were trying to say. Um, I did. I don't. Did you? I understood. She obviously just felt what, bad. What was about she trying it? to? Say? She yeah. felt bad. She, she's a human being. She has feelings. Yeah, she, and she's trying bad. to. She's trying to make Sarah feel better, but I, it I, didn't work. What? Did, what was she trying to say? I think. How is Sarah going to see this in the future and think that this was a good idea? Yeah, I think she's probably said too many words. And when you're trying to apologize and you just keep talking, it makes it worse. But I honestly think Kelly should have played dumb and just and just done the Natalie Anderson. It's like, oh, I thought we we're waiting for this person. Like, and, and you know what? Coming from Kelly, that's so believable. It would have worked. So it believable. would have worked. Yeah. I don't know why she didn't do that. <laughs> no, I don't know why she didn't do that either. Um, she did. She's the top, she's the type of player that could have got away with it. But anyway, that was that was obviously a very awkward moment. Then going to tell Alex, oh, I've done this, so you can um, make up for your mistakes and blah blah blah. Yeah, that wasn't the greatest thing. Unfortunately, I think he's twenty eight. Maybe no twenty eight year old wants to hear that from someone that's not his mother, and he probably doesn't even want to hear it from his mother. <laughs> um, a little so, bit. Yeah, it's it's that didn't work out and probably ended the chance to work with him as much in the future. Well, that, that's the thing. She sort of like patronised him and said, "Oh, you know, you now you, now's your chance to make up for all the bad things you've done or mistakes." Instead of saying, "Hey, I saved you. No one thinks we're together. Let's be together." Like that's that's the obvious exactly. for me. Like why she didn't even approach that subject, I don't understand. But uh, she didn't handle the Alex uh, confrontation very well at all. Look, she has her flaws, <laughs> and that's why we love her. Yeah, but but let's 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 talk a little bit about the saboteur and the good things that she did with that. I completely agree with you. She killed it. She's got friends on the Titans. She's not completely hated. Um, she probably doesn't. She's definitely a bad liar. I think we worked out in that episode. She uh, just sort of stops and thinks about what she's going to say and then changes her mind and makes it all vague. <laughs> but they seem they seem to like her. She's a ball of energy, and she didn't fuck them over. They fucked themselves over. So she's mm. in a good position coming into a swap. Yeah. I think I think it, the only reason I could see her going before Merge is if, um, I guess, as a physical liability in a swap tribe, like they might think, oh, we need to keep strength just for now before the Merge. Maybe Kelly's not the strongest challenge competitor. Um, we see her like constantly trying to put her hand up to do a challenge and you know, just getting ignored. So they don't really respect her as a challenger. That's the only way she goes home before merge. And if she doesn't go home before merge, she makes it to you know top seven, eight, definitely. So um, Yeah, without a doubt, possibly top three just because she gets dragged to the end as uh, as the Philip of the season. Yeah, honestly, the Philip is a very apt um, strategy comparison because... Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, we're watching the episode, and and my wife Jackie said the exact same thing. She could be the Philip Shepherd, where everyone wants to take him to the end because they can't win. That being said, I do think she is somewhat likable. I know she might be irritating, but I think people generally don't like they don't hate her. Whereas Philip was sort of yeah. hated. A little, yeah, bit different, definitely. a little bit different. Yeah, a little bit different. Yeah, I think um, she's yeah she irritates people to a certain extent, but is it definitely isn't hated. I think everyone can no. see that she's she. There's no there's no like she's not completely nuts like philip seemed to be she's just uh she just she's just a ball of energy and talks a bit too much well the thing is she doesn't talk negative to anyone it's everything's no, positive at all and it's yeah. over positive so it's not going to be you're not going to hate her for that she might find it irritating whereas philip would actually sort of talk negatively to people and tell them things he didn't like but she doesn't do that so i yeah i do think it is different but i do think she could easily be dragged to the end as a, like a an easy goat to beat Definitely. Okay. Um, well, I guess on that note, um, we've talked about the saboteur. Let's let's get into the Titans a little bit. Yeah. And one thing about Dragon to the end, I've actually been thinking a lot about that since uh, this last episode on Tuesday night. I've been thinking a lot about Mark and his decision to go with the V's and hide stuff from the middle-aged mafia. Mm. Mark is killing it. And I think he's, fuck, he's such a smart player. Like, he really is. Like, I can't, like, if he's thinking the way I'm thinking, which I have a feeling he is, he, he it's, this is, this is brilliant. Okay. He goes into post-merge with the middle-aged mafia. They're a type four. That's awesome. He's number one target in that four. Number yeah. one. Post-merge, okay? There's no... He can swim, so he's got more challenge skills than probably the rest of them. I don't... Well, I'm sure he can do puzzles as well. He seems that fucking smart. Um, Eden's got a bit of puzzle behind him, but he hasn't exactly been killing it with them. But Mark goes in with the middle-aged mafia. He's target number one out of those four. If Mark goes into post-merge with the Vs, Viola and Valeria... Holy fuck! He just sinks into the background and just keeps playing everyone with playing with everyone's strings. Yeah, I could th- I could definitely see. Honestly, regardless of which way he goes, I think he might just try and take everyone into the merge and have options. I, I just think the way he comes across is so non-threatening. He doesn't he doesn't look like a big guy. He doesn't talk like the big macho man or have this arrogance about him. He talks in such a calm way that how could he ever be a target? Like. He's so well-mannered and composed that he's just doing a great job all around. And you know, now he's finding idols. He's, he's got advantages with him. So he's, he's, he's playing the whole, whole, whole package of a game, and it's very impressive. Um, he's, he's dominating so far. He's, he's dominating. And it was so it was Scott Connell at the viewing party that brought this up with me and really made me think about this. How good is – he's just setting himself up forever. He's got he's, – he's just setting himself up so, so well. And that, that's why I really disliked him even debating the Caroline move for him. I really disliked it because – and, like, they obviously set some things in motion. It didn't work out. They obviously decided against it um, because Winner and Jaden both voted for Nathan. But even just setting this up, this causes – Doubt and Mark's smart enough to know a swap's coming. A swap's imminent in this next thing. They're at the sixth vote. 
Usually, in Australian Survivor, it's the seventh or the eighth vote. That's usually where we get the swap. Sometimes we even get it at six. So, like, starting a war with the Middle-Aged Mafia right before a possible swap that's coming is probably not smart. So voting out Nathan was definitely the smart move. But I just want to thank Scott Connell for bringing this to my attention because he is setting himself up for the end game now. He is ready. He is playing better. He's outplaying everyone, including Ferris and Kirby. Oh, no. He's certainly the standout player. And I think we talked about insulation with Ferris before. Mark's the most insulated player in the game. He has literally uh, like five tight allies. Like, who's going to stop him? I think he's just in a great spot. Okay, Mac. So the only other person we really saw on the Titans was Nathan, who was getting voted out. Sort of, we'll talk about Jaden a little bit later. Let's not get into him just yet because yeah. I'm sure we've got a bit to say about him. Sort of a little bit of winner. But Caroline, Caroline was the number two star on the Titans this week. We, we met her. She's a midwife, over a thousand kids she's brought into this world. And she's the best midwife from what from what we're being told. Number one. So yeah. Now, that's, that, yeah, that's a Titan. That's a Titan in itself. And she is definitely a fan. She's a fan of the game. You can tell that because she's doing the Boston Rob. She's uh, following the bees around, making them feel a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. She's keeping keeping an eye on them, making sure that sort of like the buddy system <laughs> a little bit. Uh, she what what did you think of her gameplay this week? Well, it's interesting because we hear a lot of about Carolyn through other people's eyes, which is never really a good sign, especially when it's negative. So we see a lot of uh, you know, Carolyn's telling me not to eat too much food. Carolyn's following us, and then that sort of that whole following us storyline gets passed around from the V's to Mark to Eden and it's sort of not a good look for Caroline and um, I know she was like the secondary target I never thought she was really going home but you don't really want to be the secondary option because it doesn't take much for you know once that first option's gone for you to be the next next in line so it wasn't a great week from Caroline um, but but she's still she's in the middle-aged mafia she has numbers to it to a point depending on how she gets swapped she may or may not be safe because if, if she's in a, you know, a strongest tribe who see her as a weak person that we can't use and she doesn't have any of her middle-aged mafia there, she might be the easy target. So it's hard yeah. to know where she's going from here. Definitely. I am very worried about her for a swap perspective. She doesn't seem to be on the top of anyone's happy list um, for anyone but the middle-aged mafia. She obviously gets along with Kitty and she gets along with Eden and obviously Mark um, has already caught on that she's suspect of him. So that's that's not a good sign coming into the coming into the future. That leaves only really two people from the Titans on her side. Yeah, so I am worried about Caroline coming into a swap and she's obviously rationing the food. I do understand why you want to do that. You do need someone to sort of take control of this sort of stuff, but it's also how you approach that. Maybe a social game might be a little bit too direct. Yeah, it's, it's, we haven't seen, like, a food rationing argument for years now in Survivor. Like, it's almost like a non-thing. Like, they just either get too much food now so you don't need to ration it or well, we just don't see any conflict. And this is the first time in a long time. And it, it's fun to see because it, it brings back that survival element to it. Like, hey, we're out here for, you know, 40-plus days. We need to survive on this. And, um, you know, when you've got guys like Jaden, yeah, he's a massive guy, uh, Nathan. Yeah, they need to fuel their bodies. And to be fair... They're both sort of carrying the team in the challenges. If they need to be fed, 
that's what I need to be fed. So you've got to find that balance, I suppose. But it was, it was just, I thought it was quite fun to see, uh, you know, a, a food argument because we just don't get them anymore. Yeah. Yeah. No, definitely. It was, it was really fun. And I sort of, I sort of understand, um, Nathan and him wanting to be selfish about eating. Like he needs to fuel his body. Obviously we do know like calories in for, Big guys that are gym junkies is obviously a lot. You've got to you've got to sort of hit your targets to sort of s- sustain your muscles. So they're always going to be hungrier. And like winner, winner's a bloody professional eater. <laughs> like he literally <laughs> eats. So he w- he was always going to find this difficult. And anyone over food was going to annoy him. Anything over food. Jaden is a strong man. Holy fuck! His he must he must need like ten thousand calories to keep his muscle mass up. Ten thousand calories a day to keep that going. Oh, he's huge. <laughs> like he's, he's he's a big motherfucker. So I can understand. And Caroline, obviously, they have they're not scared to vote out strength. So voting out Nathan, it happened. It's done. That's a that's a that's not a bad thing. And I'm I'm enjoying that they're not scared to vote out strength at this sort of of stage of the game, which whereas in Australian Survivor it has been so strength based early on, it's nice and refreshing. But at the same time, food there is a little bit of give and take. They need more calories than you do. To a point, you need to understand that and yeah. not make such a big deal out of it. But at the same time, making a deal out of it got her her target out. So good on it. Well done, Caroline. Yeah, it's it's funny because you look at like Tobias and Nathan, probably the two I guess most athletic people in the game. Both gone this week, and and you talk about like making making an exception for people when they're eating. I do think that is the case. Like, if you're on a professional sports team, like not everyone gets to score the goal or, or, or you know shoot the basket. You play your like, position. You play your position. Yeah, well, you you set up your better players to do their job because they're the best at it. And if if Nathan and Jaden are the best at the challenges. Make sure they're fueled properly. So, I, to be honest, I don't really have an issue with them eating more food because uh, they need it because they're carrying this team. Like Nathan, I thought those two were so dominant in many challenges they've done. And and if you want to win, not that you don't have to want to win the challenges because it's not that important. But if you do want to win the challenges, you got to feed these guys. Uh, so, look, fun to watch. I can understand both sides, I guess. But I do think if you want your star players to perform, you got to fuel them. Exactly, and that's just a precursor for when you guys end up on a team with either Mac or myself. We're larger <laughs> humans. Give us more food. We want more food. We're going to be hungry. Feed us, please. I'm not, I'm we not will do. Team, we'll mate. do. We'll do good in challenges for you. We swear. We'll we'll we'll, we'll hold the team down. <laughs> I can say that I will not do good in challenges. Well, maybe who knows? I guess we'll see. Mate, 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 you you you, you will. You you're, you're a big dude. You're a big dude. So long long story short is Caroline. If you find it, if All Stars comes around and I I've played, feed me, please, feed me, feed the beast, <laughs> feed the beast, feed the beast. Okay. Um, now I've got another quote from um, the viewing party. And this one's from our friend Mal Heath. He, Mal, love big Mal, I, big Mal. And we got—I had the pleasure of sitting next to him most of the time, even though I was sort of networking and talking. I didn't really watch the episode too much, but he said, "Oh, I think I've seen this movie before." The boys hanging out in the water. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't learn from Frankie, did they? <laughs> they? They didn't learn from Frankie. Now, from my understanding, from the exit press, that uh, water with Frankie was only a one-time thing. 
um, and they just played it over and over again. That's the joys of editing, and I'm sure that this was a thing. But is Jaden the most oblivious player we have ever seen on Survival? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> actually, I put this question out in a, in a Survival group chat that I'm in. I said, is he the most unstrategic person ever? Have you ever seen a player not contribute at all to a strat chat? And the answer is yes. The answer is we've never seen anyone so carefree about the game. Obviously, he's a recruit. He's got, a, he's got his own success in his own life outside of Survivor. And he doesn't need to do the Survivor stuff. And that's fine because he's great at the challenges. But it, I, I think it's still fun to watch someone that comes from a different sort of um, game state than everyone else. Everyone's here trying to play the game and do things. And he just doesn't care. He's like, who am I waiting for? Sweet. Walks away laughing. He's hilarious. I love Jaden. I think what he brings to the game is so unique, and I th- I'm here for it. I think it's great. This was this is a great recruit, like, and that's I think where Australian survivors really killed it this year is they've got the super fans, but then there's enough recruits in there to make it fun, and that's what Heroes versus Villains really was. It was a bit of fodder and a whole lot of good game players, and that's why we loved that season. I think they're trying to replicate a similar thing. Jaden, I'm sorry, mate. I love you to bits. Your confessionals are hilarious. Um, you're just, just you. Your laugh is amazing. That's but great. I have a feeling, I have a feeling you're fodder for the future. And I definitely know you're not going to listen to this, so I'm not too worried. <laughs> um, you're definitely, definitely fodder for the future. Uh, being oblivious, obviously. Please try, Jaden. I think um, you might enjoy the game if you try and get involved a little bit. <laughs> But winner, winner, holy fuck, he's sort of, he's, 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 might be, he's definitely a recruit, but he might have known, know this game a little bit. We did hear in the first week, he's like, I did, I hope I don't have to explain this to you, Jaden. He's still got his idol, he hasn't played it, even though realistically it's his alliance that's been targeted, mm. so good on him. The truth is maybe he was probably the smartest person to vote out because he does have connections. Um, with everyone else. He is talking to everyone else. Nathan and Jaden sound like they didn't really talk to anyone. They ate, they worked out, they swam, then they ate, they worked out, then they swam. That's that's the sense that I'm getting from it all. Which, unfortunate, because from what I hear, Nathan is a fan of the game. Mm. I don't know how big of a fan, but he is a fan. He's definitely watched quite a bit of it. So, it's it's a real shame that I guess I guess he just felt like he couldn't play. He was pushed into a corner and he was left and sort of gave up. Well, yeah, I, l- I listened to his exit interview today and he was saying that he was sort of just running out of steam a little bit, maybe because he didn't get to eat enough rice. I don't know. But um, before I touch on winner, I just want to say about the recruits, like you were saying, we watch U- US Survivor nowadays and the whole thing is super fans. And it's come to the point where there's too many in the cast. You know, It's not fun anymore because everyone's playing... Super fans and everyone's is, making the right move. Exactly, which is it's not fun anymore because you need those recruits, you need those people that have no idea, and that's what I think Australian survivors done really well. They have that, they've found that nice balance now of people that know the game enough, people that know the game somewhat, and people that have no idea. Because the people that know the game the most need players like a Jaden, like a you know, just pawns in the game because they need extra votes to, to use the way they want. So I think. Australian survivors done it the best. Um, I think they're do- doing really well. And to find recruits like Jaden, just with personality, that's what you want. And, yeah, and that's it. I think it's entertainment. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. And winner. I think I think winners are great uh, casting as well. I think he can be very very funny. He is a bit of fun. He's a bit of fun. I loved his little conversation with Jaden and 
uh, Nathan in the water is like, we've got to think smarter, boys. Like, what the fuck are we doing here? We've got to think smarter. They're, they're, they're three steps ahead. Let's fucking do something. So good on him. Good on him for trying um, and just trying to mesh into the game that he's playing. Like, if you're there, you might as well fucking play. Yeah, the I bit think... of water, it was like, it was like dumb and dumber and dumber and dumber and dumber. dumber. Uh, it, it wasn't a good look for the three of them. Like, because Jaden's just sitting there clueless. Nathan's half clueless and Winner's got some clue, I suppose. Um, I think he's actually playing quite well, Winner. He seems to be in the center of the main alliance and then Nathan's side, which is, I guess, now only just Jaden. But he's not, he's liked, it seems. Um yeah. It seems like he's getting information. Like Viola was openly talking to him about the plan. So he's yeah. getting enough information. Depending on how he swaps is going to, I guess, dictate how the game goes for him. But yeah. if he gets through the swap, I think he's, he's a chance to go deep in this game. I think he's, he's playing he's playing good enough, I think. Yeah, definitely. And he he uh, he voted on the Jess vote. He was on the – he voted for Jess. So they obviously trusted him enough to go for the actual target in the put it, instead of putting it on Nathan. Yeah, which was the which was the decoy vote or the flip vote, the split. Um, one one thing I did want to talk about was uh, how did you feel about Jaden at Tribal Council with Kitty? That little <laughs> yeah. that little that little thing there, like stick to the plan. He knows the plan, and Jonathan JLP is just like he doesn't seem to know the plan, mate. <laughs> I, I... <laughs> I think when you're dealing with someone like a Jaden, you really have to treat them delicately, especially at Tribal Council when things can go haywire. You, you just got to look them in the eye and say, hey, the, what I told you was correct. Even if it sort of blows your own game up or if you expose yourself, if you need him to vote a certain way, just make it very clear because it looks like you might get confused quite, quite easily. He <laughs> <laughs> definitely can. Okay. I, I think we've got to talk. I think, I think it's been too long and we haven't talked about the treasure boxes yet. Let's talk about idols. We, we, we haven't. We, we, well, what, three idols got found in this week? Huge week. Huge week for idols. Huge week. Huge week for idols. So there's three idols in the game at the moment. Winner's got one that only Jaden knows about from our knowledge, which is awesome. I think that's a, that's a good on you to winner. That's, that's great. I think, um, and now we've got Mark and Ferris have one each, and Ferris has already played one, so that's, that's pretty cool. I actually think Ferris did the right thing playing that one because you can't trust Kirby and he, that's been proved. Um, but let's talk about the treasure box and Mark ripping it open, Hulk style. Mm. <laughs> what, what, what are your thoughts on this? Is this Should this be allowed? Okay, I, I think this was told to him to do. Oh, really? Yeah, I think this is production. We've got a swap coming up. I, th- I It would not even surprise me if was actually done out of order and this happened right before tribal the nathan tribal so this is my this is from what i think i think a swap's coming up production wanted wants that treasure box to be open wants it to be found wants to cause some cause some shit get this idol into the game and they said he's in a confessional and they said okay just rip it open because ferris who I think is playing a great game and very smart with this is waiting for the swap so that he can possibly give it to a, a friend or give it to or use it himself if he gets taken over to Titans Beach. Um, but production wants it in the game, so they've told Mark to rip this open. 
that's an interesting theory. I hadn't really uh, thought about Ferris delaying it for himself. Um, and only as you were talking, that's the only reason. That's the only reason. Well, yeah, I hadn't. Like, I just thought, why isn't he giving it away? Why isn't he building a bond with somebody on the other tribe? Um, then I thought, is he trying to just time it out? And just if he holds it the whole time, it saves someone else having an idol. Um, there's, I guess, options there. But I, I, regardless of the time, whatever production, if if there's a key to a box, and there's and and it's time running out. If you don't have the key, you can't get in. Give him a key. Give no, him a key. No, no, don't give him a key. If you haven't got the key, you can't get in. You can't just rip it open. Like this, you can't do that. Like this is not what Survivor is. Like no, like, let him find the key. Let him find the yeah, key. Is what plant I'm a key. Sorry. Plant a key. That's fine. But let's not let him just rip the box open because like it, it just takes out all the drama of the situation. And I know like Ferris has had this key for like three episodes, so we're talking like nine days at this point. Like. <laughs> when's he going to give it up but you know what that's his choice and he's making this strategic choice in a game about strategy production has to let him go with that they can't step in and say you know what forget Ferris's choice smash the box open it's yours I, I disagree with this whole wholeheartedly okay <laughs> I, I, do, I do as well I don't like that he was able to rip the box open I think that was stupid again like you said a lock with a key plant a key let let someone find a key planted fucking in plant it close to the box. So then Mark finds it if that's who you if that's what you want to do, production. Put it in Tremail right. if you need to. Put it in Tremail. Fucking send it straight <laughs> it to him. Put it put it in a note. Send it straight to him. But yeah, him him ripping it open. Yeah, I didn't uh, like could it could it could it have been an accident? Could he have accidentally ripped it open and just turned out it was a bit dodgy? Because it didn't look like he was trying. It didn't look like he was trying to rip it open. It looked like he was trying to pull it out. Have you ever Have you ever accidentally ripped open a wooden crate? I, I haven't. They're pretty strong. Oh, mate! In, back in my day, I, <laughs> um, no, no, I, I, I haven't. I've, I've definitely accidentally opened a box here and there, like a cardboard box, maybe cardboard. Different, um, yeah. Yeah, oh, no, like things that, things are split. Well, hey, wood wood's wood's made out of the same stuff. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to justify it, but no. I can't justify There's it. No it's stupid. He should he shouldn't be able to have ripped it open. Whether it was production that told him or it was that week that he was able to rip it open. Um either way, you guys fucked up production. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sorry guys. Yeah. I, I totally agree. <laughs> Didn't love it. But um yeah. It is what it is. What, what, what do you think yeah. about Ferris's two idols, right? So the first one he gets in the boxing, um, sort of lies about it. Do you think using it was the right idea? Because I have an opinion on this. Okay, I actually I do think it was the right idea. I think um, I think he couldn't trust Kirby. I really do. I really think, and this is this is Kirby's fault. He couldn't trust Kirby, um, so he he played his idol out of suspicion which I think was a smart option. It's better to play your idol than go home with it. And he was the target. So he, he saw that. He was the target from the minority. He saw that. They were splitting the vote. Two people flip. He goes home. So he, I think he made the right move. I think this treasure box is actually a really good twist, like a really good way of doing it. Yes, there's a lot of power there, giving him an idol plus a key for the other box. So the possibility of possibly two idols, say he was, say he did get over there as Kelly, um, he did go over there and he was able to open it himself. Like that would have been a pretty huge fucking advantage. I mean, great. Yeah. But yeah, it would have been great. But also the risk, the box is quite big. Like you saw Mark had to like full on 
uh, cover it over just to hide it so that not other so other people didn't see it. Um, so it is sort of the risk versus reward sort of thing. So I did. I really liked this. Yeah, no, no, I totally agree. I think I've watched this game for you know twenty years now, whatever fifty plus seasons. I think I've come down on the fact that it's always best to play an idol if you're unsure. Never is it good to not play it if if you're not one hundred percent certain. And even when you are, like we just saw Peter go home blindsided with an idol in a pocket. Um, I have no issue now with people playing idols when they shouldn't. I think it's the right move regardless of what you think because you're here tomorrow. And and you know what? The game changes so quickly that you might think you're on the bottom, play an order wrong, and then tomorrow something changes and, and, and you're, know, you're on back the top. on top. So I think any idol play is good. That's that's how I come down on it nowadays. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree. I think um, I think he made the right moves there. Good on him. It takes balls to play an idol this early in the game for such a strong player. Um, and he had the right read. The minority was after him. He just didn't didn't have the right the right amount of votes. He it turned out he did have the numbers. Uh, another another thing I wanted to sort of talk about: how cool was it? Like he literally had it on his second idol find. He literally had his hand on it. He literally moved it. Yeah. And his hand was like a hundred percent on it because I rewatched this in pretty much slow motion. <laughs> And then he's walked away, and then he's seen it from a distance. And that's the good thing about once you find that first idol, you can always find another one because you know what they look for, like. Yeah. You know what they what you're looking for. Do you think he's seen it from and, a distance, or if if from what I saw, right, he's put his hand on it, and I actually thought he's walked away, but to me, he's looked at the cameraman still pointing at the idol, and he said, yeah. "There's something in this tree," because you, you get a sense, yeah. and I think, and I think, I think he's realised what the cameraman's doing. And he's read the cameraman, and he's he's gone back to it. That's what I think. Or yeah, or or has he put his hand on the idol, noticed that it is the idol, walked away to make sure no one's seen him, and then come back? Perhaps. No, no, I, that's a that's that's a question I'd love to ask. Yeah. Okay, so Mac, however, Ferris found the idol, um, <laughs> which is pretty funny. Um, tell me, what did you think of him starting a little gossip chain? With this, yeah, with the second idol, I thought it was a great move. I think I think he probably learned from his first idol play to, um, I guess, bluff a little bit and extend the life of the idol. And I th- he comes out in a confessional and says, there's, there's more than one way to play an idol. And what I really loved is he told someone in Alex who perhaps he doesn't really trust 100%. He's got some trust but not full trust. So he knows that, that if he tells Alex, it's going to leak out. You know, you, you tell yeah. the person who's going to share the secrets. And within, you know, I mean, for us, it's within 30 seconds. The whole tribe knows about this idol, which is yeah. not a bad place to be because now there's a rumor, not factual, no one's seen it yet, but there's a rumor that you have an idol, which means you're virtually immune unless they can split a vote on you. So he's going to extend his life for this idol as long as he can. I think he played it really well. He picked the right target in Alex, and um, I think it was, a, it was just a great move all around from Ferris. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. I think um, it's a re- actually a real shame that the swap's happening right now because I think he had a chance to win a war, um, win the war with Kirby. This idol definitely gives him power. How he played it with the gossip chain was great. It just slowly leaked the whole way around camp. It's perfect. And it's actually a shame that the swap's happening right now because he could have really done some damage next Tribal Council. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah. He's, he's, and, he's just... 
He's in a great spot, regardless of the spot and everything. He's insulated with numbers. He's got people with him. He's got an idol. Ferris is long for this game. As a winner pick, from your sake, you must be stoked. I think I think he's a huge chance to win this game. Yeah, I think um, I'm seeing maybe four or five people that are still in contention for me. Yeah, and um, he's he's one of them. He's one of them. Go go, Ferris, mate. Mate, do it, do it for Ferris. Just remember, if you win the buff. The buff competition, which you have a good chance to because you're playing very, very well. If you win the buff competition and you contact me, I will give you a buff. You could be the first person from <laughs> Buffs, Blind Sides and Banter to get a buff. And I know you're out there listening, mate. To actually give him, yeah, okay. Um, I think out of all the Rebels, he's the only one I could see actually winning at this point. Yeah. Yeah, he's, um, he's got the biggest thing. The, the, like, um, if Scott, I think if Scott got one confessional in that first week, I could have put him there. Um, I, I'm really liking Scott, um, but yeah, unfortunately, not getting a confessional in the first week is a little bit uh, it's not from a edit, an editing point of view. Yeah, but yeah, there's definitely a few Titans that have a good chance. There's a few big players over there that really have a chance to win this game as well. So, I agree. Ferris versus the Titans. Yep. Come on, mate. You got this. You got this. Yeah, I'm loving him. I think he's great. His biceps are the size of my fucking head. <laughs> Um, okay. You got a big head. Okay. <laughs> and I, no, I don't. I got a tiny head. <laughs> but yes, it's still, it's still, there's still big. It's big enough. Okay. Um, look, that that's awesome. I, I just wanted to quickly just jump on that that goblet challenge, that goblet reward challenge. How good was that? Kirby's strategy in that goblet reward challenge. Oh. She is brilliant. Genius, genius. She's great genius. at the challenge. I think she's 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 really good. Strategy, she was not lying when she said how she was good at strategy coming into this game. She really is. Yes, as I said, I think she's overplayed a little bit, but she's she's great at strategy. She's definitely got it. Yeah, even in the, in the dodgeball one where she caught the balls too, like she's proven herself I know. just an all-round great challenge competitor. And I guess she's a, she, I mean, she plays AFLW or was a coach or she might have played first. I'm not sure. but she's Yeah, she good. played and now she's a coach. Yeah, yeah. really... Just good skills all round. Like she's just powerhouse. Yeah, good on her. Good on you, Kirby. Um, and and just just in that challenge, um, another sort of magical moment or a good TV moment, I think, was the Raymond Charles little thing. Oh, is that a video game? I sell video games. Oh, and that's that's great coming into a swap. <laughs> I, I believe it was called a wholesome TV moment. I loved it. I don't know what it was, but it was like these two what guys. Was the, what was the video game? Do you remember? Um, I don't. I don't know some, video games. Some sort of untitled goose game or something. But it was untitled just such a, like, a nerdy bro moment. It was so cool. I, I loved it. I think it was great. I hope they get together at a swap. I really hope they're on the same tribe. Yeah, and winner, you were right. You should have got more nerd friends at the start. Because <laughs> there's a lot of nerds on this season. Oh yeah, there's a heap there. <laughs> okay, um, I, I want to jump in a little bit more on Mark. I want to talk about his confessionals. Now, I know a lot of our listeners are fans of LRGs. Okay, now uh, for those that don't know, an LRG is a live reality game. It's uh, usually a fan-made game. There, there's a few on the internet. There's Survivor Sydney, Survivor Brisbane, Survivor Melbourne, Survivor Canberra, Backyard Survivor, and there's a few others. Um, LRGs are usually done over two days, which means that sometimes you're getting 15 minutes to scramble before tribal council between challenges. So in that 15 minutes, you've somehow got to get a confessional in. 
And the confessionals, unfortunately, can't be overly entertaining because you're trying to explain your game. And some of the best players on there can be very entertaining doing that as well. But most of the time, it's all pure strat. There's no bitching about other people. There's just It's just pure strat. And that's sort of the feeling that I'm getting from Mark and his confessionals. His confessionals aren't overly out there. They're not overly entertaining. They're not really bitching about anyone. They're just pure strategy, which is really refreshing and in turn entertaining for us super fans. I mean, yes and no. I think I think that's just his personality. I think in the pre-season uh, podcast we did, I spoke about him being a little bit boring in his, in his two-minute intro package and... Like, as much as I'm loving Mark, because I think he's playing a fantastic game, and I'm loving the game side of him, I guess as a personality, um, he's not really popping off the screen for me. So I think it's not like he's not trying to be entertaining. I just don't know if he has that side to him. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm getting his sort of being weary. He's, he's being very diplomatic in his answers to the questions to the point that he's also he's keeping a lot back. He's not saying anything wrong. And I think that comes from him being a diplomat. I don't think it's that he's not entertaining. I think that he just chooses his words very carefully, even in confessionals, which is a little bit of a shame. I'd like to see a little bit more flamboyancy in him. Yeah, we spoke about it last week, but like this man does not make mistakes in his confession, in, in his in his conversations, in his sentences. He doesn't misspeak. He chooses his words carefully, and he, he means them. I suppose he's one of these people that speaks efficiently, which is like use minimal words to get. The, the point across, I suppose. So he does it really well. And I, it comes down to his job. I guess they're trained in a way to, I guess, debate a certain thing and, and get their point across quickly, and he, he's just good at it. And I guess that's why he's so good at Survivor, because that essentially is what you need to do. In limited time, come up with a plan, get it across to the people you need to know the plan and, and convince them why it's the right idea and get them to act on it. So that's his, that's his day-to-day job. And, and he's really, it's almost a perfect job for a survivor player, really. Yeah, no, definitely. It, it is the perfect job for a survivor player. As I said, I think last week I said it, if all our diplomats are like this, we need to get them all on survivor. Absolutely. Because they fuck it, they kill it. They absolutely kill it. Uh, the one thing I've got left before we start getting into our end of the episode stuff is... I have a secret scene that was aired on Templay. It was at the kids' party, the kids' birthday party. It was a lot of fun. And we get Ferris and Garrick looking for an idol without worrying if anyone's seeing them. They're marrying up all the popcorn. It was quite fun looking at it. Garrick's so serious about it all. And it was it was it was really quite fun. I very much enjoyed that secret scene. So guys, get on to ten play. There's secret scenes. I think there's two up so far. There's just a little bit more survivor for you. You also get exit interviews, you get all that sort of stuff coming there. Talking tribal, get onto it. Yeah, cool. I have not seen that, but I'll go be sure to check it out after this podcast. Ah, right, it's time to move on to another segment we like to call Previously on Australian Survivor. And see what we said last week. Rebels, they threw a challenge, which means that the curse has got to continue. So Rebels go to Tribal Council next. I actually think Kelly's going to get it. Episode 5 is a non-alim. Episode 6, Titans go back and... 
I have no idea who goes. Uh, winner plays his idol and saves himself and gets out someone random. Yeah, I got the <laughs> non-alim. <laughs> I got the non-alim. Yes, I failed well, at you, everything else. There. You picked Kelly to get voted out, and she did. Uh, I'll give you that. Take ah, uh, technically, not well, really. It still happened. Uh, non-alim. I don't. I don't. I don't class that. I don't. I don't. I, I give myself. I give myself what uh, half a point for the non-alim, and that's it for that entire. No, it, was a, it was a bad prediction, but yeah, I mean, it's it's tough when there's three episodes ahead of you, and you have to plan so far in advance. Um, but anyway, let's see what let's see what I had to yeah. say. Perhaps I was a bit closer, which I think I was. Yeah, hit us. Um, so I'm going to say it's going to be another guy, and it's probably going to be Raymond or Tobias. Tobias and the Cuddle Crew. Bam! Well done. Yeah. Not bad. Well done. Fuck there's yeah. More, there's more to come, mate. <laughs> I'm going to go with Raymond because they want to keep the strength in the. I think Winner's the man on the outs. Yeah. I think Winner goes with his idol in his pocket. He won't see it coming. And the third episode of the week, maybe a tribe swap. So it's up in the air, and I'm just going to throw out a name. Maybe Nathan goes the week at the, the, the third episode of the. Your, your, your planning towards it was wrong, but your answer was right. Nathan went home, third episode That's all of the that matters. Well doesn't done. matter how you get there. If you get it right, you get the points. So <laughs> Tobias was close enough. I got all Nathan. Right. It's not bad. Not a bad week. <laughs> okay, I'll give you one and a half. I'll all give right, you one make... and a half. One and a half. So you beat me. You beat what me. What do you think Christy said last week? We had a guest last week for those that missed it. Uh, Christy Bennett. Christy fucking Bennett. If you haven't, let's see what she said. She didn't really predict a a boot, but she had a certain way she thought the week would pan out. Let's see what she had to say. Mm, So I'm going to take a little bit of a different angle with this, and I want to highlight a player who I think has got an under-edit at the moment and is going to do really well, and that's Caroline. Caroline, I think she's playing a very good game. The insights that I've seen in the way that she talks to people and approaches conversations, she is totally playing very well. Her interactions are really how you should be talking to people and getting the information and sharing the information. Uh, Christy, I'm sorry. I give you zero points for that. Obviously, you didn't give us any predictions, but Caroline had a good week one. Well, she she did say she wanted to see more of Caroline, and we got that. We got plenty more Caroline. We definitely saw. We definitely saw more Caroline. Unfortunately, not great stuff so far. Christy was expecting, perhaps. Right. Yeah, definitely. Um, Sort of that that sort of angry face, almost (laughs) (laughs) a little bit. A lot of a lot of Caroline not being too happy. A little bit frustrated face. (laughs) Yeah. Um, okay, well, let's talk about yeah. next week, mate. Next week. Next time on Australian Survivor. Next week on Survivor. Okay, now being a swap, it's a bit hard because we don't know how the swap tribes are going to be. So I'm just going to give you three boots. Okay, I'm going to give three people that I think are going to get voted out in any order. I'm thinking Caroline gets voted out. I think oh, wow. Kitty is is I'm worried about Kitty as well. She just hasn't had any real edit and we saw what happened with Tobias. So, and I think Australia is evening up their edits a lot better. 
So I don't see her being long for the game either. And I see... Oh, oh this one's a hard one. I want to say... No, nah, I don't want to say Jaden. I hope Jaden stays. I don't want to put that curse curse on him. Uh, let's go a Sarah. I'm gonna, Sarah. Sarah gets voted out. She doesn't really have a whole lot of people. Maybe she's with Kirby, but she's not really with Kirby. Yeah, yeah look, it's tough three. given we don't know the swap tribes at this point, but I'm going to go for a couple. Uh, Raymond, I think, is one who will be in trouble. I just think swap tribes, there's still a fair way to go to merge. So these tribes will think... We need to win challenges, you know, stay strong. He's not the best. Even though he's won his challenges, he's actually done all right. Um, he might be seen as a weak link. So Raymond might go. I agree with Caroline. I think a lot of the Titans have a uh, don't really like her. They're not on side with her. And I, I think the uh, the Ferris-Kirby rivalry might come to a conclusion and uh, Kirby might be the one to go. So Raymond, Kirby, and Caroline for me. Ooh. Okay. I do want to quickly switch mine out. I want to trade my Sarah for Charles. Yep. I think Charles is, again, uh, in a similar situation to Kitty, where he doesn't really have a whole lot coming up, and I think that's there for a reason, because they don't want us to get attached. Charles, Caroline, and Sarah. Kitty. Kitty, And Kitty. Kitty. Oh, wow. Three Titans. Charles, Caroline, and Kitty. So three Titans. Three, three Titans. Titans are going to get fucked. Titans Decimated. are going to get fucked at the merge. I mean, at the swap. <laughs> Decimated. <laughs> okay, and now let's let's get on to some eulogising. Let's 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 eulogise. I think this will be pretty quick. I think this will be pretty quick because we didn't get to see a whole lot. So let's let's start with Tobias. Um, as a player, I'm going to rank him. I don't know. Not great. Um, as a character, again, I don't know. <laughs> Not great. Um, seemed seemed a little bit little bit boring. His memorable moment has got to be the L shape yeah. on his forehead, but the wrong way. Um, and uh, will he get invited back? No, he won't. Sorry, sorry, Tobias. Yeah, that's the we thing. We didn't really get a full picture of who he was or what he did, so it's hard to judge him based on what we saw on the TV. As a character, it was um, not fun. We didn't see any of him really. Uh, as a player, what we did see was really not the best stuff. We see him in his. Cuddle Crew Alliance, which is a bad place to be. We see him, you know, wanting to just cook food rather than strategize, which is a bad look. Um, this wasn't good from Tobias, and it sort of led to his downfall. Uh, perhaps if it was longer in the game, we would have seen, like, a different sort of edit for him. But I think when they go out, like, uh, what was it, fourth boot, um, he's going to get a bit of a bad edit. Boot, so yeah. I'm sure he's a great person. Uh, just as a survivor player on my TV, I didn't love him. Will he return? Absolutely no chance. Yeah. No, nah, definitely. Absolutely no chance. Um, okay, now let's get into Nathan. Now, Nathan, oh, yeah. we've got a, I've got a bit more to say about Nathan. Um, as I thought I thought he's actually going to probably be a pretty big part of this game. Um, I did not expect him to get voted out this week. I think I had him quite low on my power rankings, but I didn't actually expect him to go. I felt like he was going to maybe catch some steam somewhere along the way. But he is gone, and as a character, I loved him. He was fun. He played the dumbass very, very well. Yeah, I, Nathan was a fantastic casting choice. We've seen these AFL pass players come in, Simon Black, Gavin Wanganeen, and, and David Zakarakis, all be quite uh, boring characters. Nathan was the opposite. I loved him. He was just, 
you know, so overconfident, oblivious to things, a bit of arrogance. But that's fun to watch, especially when it goes so badly from a start for him. Um, I enjoyed him. He was such a good challenger in every challenge. He was so dominant. This is he'd be up there with one of the some of the best we've ever seen in Australian Survivor in terms of challenges. I think it was great. I think he, if he got to the end game, if he got to the merge, he, he yeah. genuinely would have dominated. I think he was he was very good. I think that was the right choice getting yeah, him out now before fair. the swap. Um, because Jaden, Jaden, Jaden definitely is very, very strong, but he's only got certain skills. I think he's got Nathan that all had a round, lot more skills. Uh, you know, the throwing, the running, the jumping, all the or anything you need, he could sort of do anything skill based. He would be good at. So, just great, and it's just a fun character. Like a little bit, uh, just I think. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, a, a, it's a male bimbo. It's he's a mimbo. You know, if you're a Seinfeld fan, you'll know that. Yeah, he's a mimbo. Absolutely, he's a, a, a mimbo. Uh, <laughs> yes, which we love, and it's fantastic TV. I love Nathan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, as a player, uh, not so good, sir. Um, you, you sort of, you started off badly and ended. Badly. Yeah, when you tell when you tell people who you <laughs> want to align with that I'm going to carry you to the end, this is a bad look, especially when they're maybe older females who think. I can do this myself, champion. Get out of my way. Um, so he sort of shot himself in the foot there. Like I said, the overconfidence killed him. And he sort of isolated himself from the group, which is a bad spot to be. So didn't play the game great, but I thought he was a great character. Loved him. Will he return? Potentially. Uh, he's an early boot, so it's hard to see him come back, but it wouldn't surprise me if he came back because he was entertaining. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, okay, and he's, uh, I guess... Memorable moment is him <laughs> in the water. Um, I think he spent a lot of t- a lot of time in the water. I think I think I'm pretty yeah. happy with that as his memorable moment. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's good. Okay, All right, let's get into Buckles Buff of the episode. Big I'm week ex- of the buffs. I'm excited for this one. Big week, big week for the buffs. Okay, so episode four. Where's episode your buff four? It's probably the easiest one of the week. Um, I went with uh, Ferris. Uh, he found an idol. He caused disharmony amongst the Titans when he said, you know, have you found your treasure box? I thought that was a bit of fun. And, yeah, it can, it can cause a bit of uncertainty, which is good. Um, he he has he sort of gets Garrick, like, locked in with him now. So he's got this ride or die with Garrick. I think it's a good spot. And you know what the best thing was? And Raymond, but I and think Garrick Raymond. is the one. And Raymond. Um, and the best thing he did was play the idol, regardless if it was right or wrong. Playing it is always a good strategy. We see too many people go home with idols. He didn't want it to happen to himself. Played it and did it in a great showmanship way, which we love for TV. So Ferris gets the buff in episode four. Yeah. Um, I think we've been podcasting too long, mate. Um, we've been oh. we're t- too much on the same wavelength. <laughs> Maybe we need to argue a bit more. Ferris gets my buff as well. I completely agree with everything that you just said. Play the idol. You can find another idol. Players do it all the time. Once you've found one, you have a, a lot higher chance to find another one. You did it. You then found another one the next episode or two episodes later. Good on you, mate. Well done, Ferris. Okay, for the fifth episode, mm. mine goes to Scott. Um, yes, I had a <laughs> feeling you'd, I'd get a little bit of a <clears throat> out of you because I have a feeling yours is going the same way. The Scott, Scott was in the swing vote position. If this war did come to a... Uh, did come to fruition. Uh, it would have been either Ferris or Rhiannon going home. And Scott and Aileen had that option. Scott, we see in the middle of everything, being talked to by everyone. 
And thinking it all through, I also think he was the one that pushed Kelly to go um, and pumped Kelly up the best out of anyone. So, yep, mine yeah, goes it's, to it's Scott. it's funny because we haven't really seen much of Scott at all this season, but I also went for Scott. I just thought if you want to see a, a man's social game work without like it being shoved in your face, he's a man to watch. We barely see him, but we know he's in the middle of the, every alliance. I call this active positioning. The way he talks to Kirby and Ferris, they're both sort of plotting against each other. The way he accepts their plans, pumps them both up, and saying, that's a great plan, we should do that. And he's like laughing while he's doing it. He's like, this is so good, it's such a good plan. It, it makes them feel so good about Scott. He does such a good job of being the middleman. It was just great positioning, and he's found himself in a great spot. Um, yeah, just just it's so hard to get in that spot. And he's the one there right now, and he's just doing well. So good on you, Scott. Uh, hopefully we get to see more of him because I, I do like to, to hear what he has to say because he does seem like a smart player if he's getting himself in the right in the middle. Uh, but, yeah, Buff goes to Scott. Okay, and now I guess this is the trifecta. Oh, do we not. get the same ones Let tonight? Oh, let's hope not. All right, mine goes, mine goes to Mark. Uh. <laughs> mine, goes, mine goes to Mark. Like, what can you say? I think Viola... Was also up there for me. I think she's in a great spot. She was there when Mark found the idol. Mark obviously got the idol. Um, his plan, I think he's very made a very smart move. And as I said, thanks Scott Connell for that. I think I've thought very deeply into Mark's future in this game. And it's looking very, very strong. And him not going the Caroline vote was smart. But... Also, understanding that Caroline is suspicious of him is great. Yeah, um, <laughs> believe it or not, we have the same buffs this week. I've also got Mark. Uh, finds the idol, despite what you think. It, was it legal or not? He did it. Uh, he locks in the three with uh, Viola and Valeria. He's got his um, middle-aged mafia alliance. And then I think the best thing was he discussed the plan with Valeria, uh, with Viola to vote out Caroline, but he... He sends her to tell the boys, to tell Nathan, Jaden, and Winner, and she takes the credit for it, which I think is fantastic positioning. If he's actually done that actively, that's great from Mark to say, here's a plan, tell the boys, make it sound like it's come from you. Obviously, he doesn't say it like that, but it doesn't sound like it's come from Mark, does it? So really good, really smart from Mark. He just proves himself to be a top-tier survivor player. Mark gets a buff. Okay, and that brings us to the leaderboard. So... We got Garrick and Caroline on one buff apiece. We have Kirby, Farris, and Scott with two buffs apiece. And our winner by a long shot at this moment seven is Mark buffs. with seven buffs. Outrageous. Seven buffs, mate. Like he is he's absolutely killing it this season. So Ferris, you need to need to be the best and most and more seven episodes. out of what, fifteen total. That's pretty good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Not bad. Of, yeah, 15. Running oh, away with it early. Okay, well done. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay. Mac, what's going oh, on mate, with you, mate? Uh, what is going on? Not what's a whole lot up? this week. A bit of a quiet one. We've got, uh, honestly, nothing. Now <laughs> I think about it. Probably more Survivor. Um, if you haven't listened to our last podcast, check that out. That was a bit of fun with Christy Bennett. Uh, yeah, honestly, this is the quietest weekend I've had for a long time. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to do nothing, and uh, that'll be fun. What, what about yourself, Buckles? What's going on with you? Mate, I don't have a whole lot going on in my personal life. Um, Survivor is my life at the moment. I work, and I think about Survivor. 
That's that's pretty much it. Obviously had the viewing party on Tuesday. It was awesome. Had a very, very fun time there. Got to meet a whole lot of people. Um, got a few interviews for our socials, so that's being pumped up. Okay, and I guess coming up next week, we have a big thing. We have uh, Joseph Bates coming on the podcast with us. We've wanted him for the swap for a while. He's coming on. We're excited. He's excited. I've been talking to him almost every day. This is going to be great. Hit us up. He's got great options with swaps. He's going to be really good listening. And that's all I've got going on. However, there are huge things with the Survivor Buffs, Blindsides, and Banter podcast. Please hit us up on our socials. Facebook, Survivor Buffs, Blindsides, and Banter. Get us on Instagram, Survivor underscore 3BS. Get us on Twitter or X at Survivor3BS. Get us on TikTok. TikTok's going off. Hit us up. Buffs, Blindsides, at Buffs, Blindsides, and Banter. I've been Buckles. He's been Mac. You've been awesome. Thank you very much. Thanks, Buckles. Always a pleasure. And I will see you next week. You. Yeah, we will. See ya. Bye. See ya, mate. Bye.